afternoon, you're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and the programme is Local Media This Week. The programme where we look at the print media here in County Clare and give our take on it and maybe uh, spark a bit of interest in our listeners that they will follow up and uh, have a read of the papers and we're always anxious to promote the uh, print media here. We've got the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion here with us and around the table uh, a lot of our usual panel. Uh, John S. Kelly. John, you're very welcome. Uh, thank you, Jim. Pat O'Brien. Pat, good to see you. Thanks, Jim. We've no David Fleming today, but uh, we have a good substitute. <laughs> and uh, a man making his second appearance off the bench uh, in recent <laughs> times. And that's Tom Hanley. Tom, good afternoon. Uh, thank you, Jim. Thanks, and <laughs> Thanks for inviting me along. Anyway, um, I suppose looking, the place to start maybe is on the front page. And uh, looking at the front page of declared champion, Shannon Hirsch's transfer in balance as funding fears grow. And uh, Parik McMahon in the Clare Echo has this a bit, well, he, he expresses himself anyway. Government to council, go fund yourself. So um, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't look good, John. It does not. And as, as Parik in his article on the front page says, um, ownership of Shannon's heritage's four Clare sites. Now, We'll, we'll clarify it. The four sites are Craig and Owen, Folk Village, Napog. Napog. And what's the fourth one? Just a shop in, in, in a shop, I think, in, in um, Cliffsamore. Cliffsamore. Yeah. Yes, Cliffsamore. Yes. And we're in trouble. At the moment, who's taking responsibility for them? And so um, the ownership question, the council have been refused support money to take them over, right? We were led to believe, weren't we, over the last month or so, that the money was more or less guaranteed to the council from the state. Now the council do not have any promise of money. Why should they take it over? Somebody tell me that. Why should, why should the council take over what would be a, a loss-making venture for a while? Well, if they do, it's obviously that they're going to get, have to get money from someplace. But where are they going to come from, Tom? That's the question, yeah. They're buying a loss leader, you know. Well, according to what one That needs money to up the, yeah, uh, to, the standards. To, if the roof in Bonratty, for example, needs finance or some other thing, at least to bring it up to... A level where you can start with a clean slate. But Limerick, Limerick took over John's castle. I mean, they didn't have any delay. The council took it over. But you that, that ceiling, a roof needs to be done there. You have only one building there, John. You have, you have, you have, you have I think, the highlights here where you have the, the roof in the, in the castle in Bunrashi and you have the, the roof and the, and the, and the, all the attached cottages. And the cottages. And then you have work to do in Plaganorn as well. Yeah. And I suppose there's probably maintenance work in, 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 the, other, in the castle above in uh, the poor castle as well. But who's looking after the, 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 the sites at the moment? It strikes me as if maintenance has been that slip a little bit, has it? Yeah, it must, must have been that slip, yeah, 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 yeah. Has anybody been over there in recent weeks, months? Yeah, well, I was in Bunrashi, well, I went in when I was in Bunrashi last week, and there was, a, there was a, a terrible train buses there. And there was no sign of... And there was a clocking going on on the thatch. Well, I'm saying, I don't know, I wouldn't do now, but I, I, I'm passing through, the, it was very busy. 
Well, now it's got to the front page on both our, our local media. Isn't that mm. right? It's, but it's the, the dominant. It's the dominant and dominating team at the moment. The council will probably, uh, I suppose, if they want to take them over, they might have to go in get a, get a loan and, and pay back to do this work. Yeah. Other than that, uh, it looks like the. the well, it says here. Parry has, has the story here anyway. It says um, that the department, the head of the department. Um, um, briefed them, and the clearly he understands that the Secretary General in the Department of, has, Department of Finance has informed senior council officials that their plea to receive 15 million annually will not transpire. Four different government departments have been lobbied by the local authority as part of the long running process, but no funds have been provided. See, the budget was in the budget last week. There was no provision made there for that, and that's what people were hoping that uh, yes. there would be a provision in the budget. They were led to believe. Yes, that's, mm -hmm. that's right. And I thought it was five million annually, but well, maybe maybe there's a mistake that it was fifteen million annually here. But I thought it was five million over three years. Five years. Yeah, five years. Yeah. Five years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the and money isn't huge. No, it's really, not huge. No, in, in the, the overall in the overall scheme context. of things. No, no. So what are you thinking, Jim? I mean, you can't envisage a situation where Bunratty Castle is going to go back to the way it was in the 60s with cows and running. Dining out. Yeah, <laughs> going, in there. walking <laughs> in and out through it. Yeah. So, I mean, a solution will be found. And that solution is some yeah, money. I'd imagine they, they will be. Um, well, the boys will have to, and the girls in the council are going to have to activate themselves within their various political parties. They? Yes, and I, I'd imagine there'd be some financial solution. Yeah, Maybe it mightn't be as much as they're looking for. They say they have 1.5 million to repair the roof of Bunratty Castle. Provisions for the 150 Shannon Heritage staff that would be added to the council payroll. Mm. Repairs to the roof of the Cossetus. Uh, disintegration of footpaths and attempts to modernise tourist tourism sites. So, so Pat, what are you thinking? Well, I, I don't know, so unless uh, Mihar Nerton kind of gave Michael Mack, uh, pushed Mihar Nerton yesterday on the door, and he said that, um, he said it wasn't over yet. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, we have to wait and see what's going yeah, on. Now Tony O'Brien's on this morning, and he's given no, well, he said, look, there's, there's no negotiation. Tony O'Brien was on clear of him this morning, and he said that negotiations are still going ahead. That, uh, I don't know, that mm. we'll, we'll, they'd be hoping there'd be a good outcome. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll, we'll have to keep an eye yeah. on it, yeah. Okay. Well, let's hope for the site's sake, anyway, that it's yeah. sorted. Because you, you know. Well, so the council have made a have very good. Uh, um, you know, they have. We say you have the cliffs of Moher and you have the Vandalur Garden and Kilroshan. Mm -hmm. You have the the, the, the site out in Loup yeah. they, they have a lot of. Uh, and the Midwest needs those sites for do, for, do, for yeah. to yeah. attract tourists. Yeah. 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 Okay, we'll go on. We'll um, go up the road a bit to Ennis and uh, Saint Flannan's, which was. My one of my alma maters, John S. gives me a dig about it every so often. <laughs> a um, physical dig or a kind of <laughs> no, a verbal dig. But um, Saint Flannan's, for those people who know Saint Flannan's, it's and well, it was I suppose on the outskirts of Ennis or between Ennis and Carcastle. Yeah. But uh, in my time in Saint Flannan's, um, there was a farm with it, a huge amount of land around the college, right around the college, yeah, and yeah. it was a working farm. Yes. And the lads used to be working there, and uh, presumably it was bringing an income. Um, but there's a proposal at the moment to, uh, to build like a nursing home on it. Um, Pat, you're looking at it there on the paper. Yeah, council feels over 25 million pence for impact on Fennens. Local authority uh, expressed serious concerns over community hospital sites 
This is on page three of the Cloud Champion. Now it's on the page four of the Echo as well. See, I was concerned that 25 million units may in impact on St. Helens. Uh, Gordon Deegan yeah. has the story. Yeah. Uh, Clare County Council has expressed serious concern that a HAC 25 million plan for an elderly care unit on church owned lands at St. Helens College Linus may require the future expansion, may produce the future expansion of the secondary school. Pushing the project on hold, the council has sent a further information request to the HAC to state that it has serious concerns and that the proposed development, particularly on land zoned community, may uh, I can't pronounce that word properly. Yeah. Yeah. May interfere with the future expansion of the school. Is that a question, Pat, of, of, of constraints on the on the diocesan authorities to sell that site? Are you are any of you aware of, of how that site came into the possession of the diocese, right? And what constraints were put on it by the Donor. Well, I suppose, well, I suppose the, the, the diocese of Killoo owned the, the, the whole planning site. Yeah, the whole, the whole I, area. I presume they owned it, do I? They would probably have control of the, of, of, of the grounds. Well, I think last week on the, on the media there was a reference to some kind of constraint that the person who donated the site, that, that land we're talking about, Wanted it for education purposes or community purposes. Offices, yeah. 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 Oh, that was Am I right? You're right. Yeah, right yeah. That, but if you look towards the end of that article, the second last paragraph says, Last week, the Bishop of Kilou, Fintan Monaghan, said that the Diocesan Trust could confirm that the diocese is entirely free to sell this land for community benefits and has received the necessary charities regulator authorization. Yes. So it has to be used for, chari for charity. Community. Um, Benefit. Community benefit. Now Which that's where the debate is going to take place. Yeah, that's really, yeah. The question I would ask though is, you know, the land around St. Flannan's is invaluable to the college. Um, and for, to the community as it is. Well, and to the community. Oh, is, but yeah. for, for green space, for, yeah, yeah. for pitches, all that kind yeah. of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This nursing home or whatever it is could be built anywhere. It doesn't have to be built in that particular place. Are there advantages of having it, the nurse, a nursing home uh, within walking distance of the main thoroughfare? I wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think so? No. 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 I mean, yeah. if you visit someone in a nursing home, generally you drive. Well, they're talking yeah. about an elderly care unit, so one would assume that a lot of the um, clients that would be resident there wouldn't be entirely free to, to wander around. Wander Hmm. Out openly yeah. <laughs> and the, in the environs of Ennis, maybe as safe as any place else. But those people you know. would be would be transferred in town from um, St Joseph's. Yes, yeah. the city there isn't fit for purpose. I think. Well, I I went through this in in my school days and yes. my working school days, where uh, we sold a piece of land, the school did, yes. to the community council, in Mount Shannon for the building of. Yeah, a, a, um, a preschool facility. Crash. Yeah. yeah, but we were not allowed by certainly by the Department of Education, and I'd say by the whoever regulates these things, we weren't allowed to make our ground smaller. Mm. Uh, so we had to, we did we bought a piece of ground exactly the same size that we sold. We sold a piece at the front, and we bought a piece 
um, from a neighbouring farmer at the back. And you handled yeah. all of that at local level? We did. Once we got the go-ahead, yeah, we handled yeah. it all at local. Yeah. But we had to consult with to the diocese and yeah. the Department of Education. And yeah. there is a, there is a, we weren't allowed to make the school uh, ground smaller. Yeah. There is a, a, a group, a, a, a authority, called the Diocesan Trust. Yes. It looks after our diocesan the Austin Lind and, yeah, and properties, and, yeah. And, and all their, all their, all, all what they own. Because we had a, we were developing a pitch over in the middles as well, where, where we had parish ground. Yes. And we, we, we ran into huge problems. Mm. <laughs> I won't say too much about it, but we ran into a lot of problems yes. when we were trying to develop the pitch. Well, somebody said to me uh, during the week that that piece of grassland is, as you said, said earlier, Jim, invaluable to community and also invaluable to the school authorities for, in case, and one would expect, there will be expansion, physical expansion, in Flannans. And why, why would you take, uh, you know, the, the, the land away from the college yes. when you know darn well that Ennis is exploding population-wise and will continue to do so? So I don't see the logic of selling. But Am I right or wrong now there? There is merit in what you're saying, John. But yeah. you're Tom, Tom. This isn't the only site in town, really. You know? yeah. but and I think the, the, the council have, have requested the HSE to, to, uh, uh, to come back to them and, and maybe give them um, more sites uh, outside of uh, this that, that would be suitable around, around, around the town. And you retain that site? For the college. Yeah, and now yeah. there's a, uh, just here on, on part of Deegan's as well. Um, uh, sit here in Colin McDonough, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a objecting to this. Anyway, he said, less than 20 years ago, the trustees of St. Clarence College were successful in halting the diocesan sale of land of the same site to, to facilitate a new school for Innes National School. Mr. McDonough reads that the trustees were very concerned that the sale of, of that the sale of these sales was not in accordance with the wishes of the person who who gave the lens, who, who left them the lens. So there must be some um, last week, yeah, Fitton Monaghan, the Assam Trust Court confirmed that the license is entirely free to sell the lens for commercial benefit and has received the necessary. Mm -hmm. I suppose you could, argue, you could argue that what they're building it for is of benefit to the community. But it's, I wonder, yeah. I don't know now whether it's a public yeah. or a private it's, hospital. It's right there on the corner of, it's right there on the corner and a very busy, very busy junction as well. Yeah. Okay, we'll go on to, Tom, before we leave the front page, a photo has caught your eye. It has, you know, and I always say a good photograph um, paints a thousand words kind of, you know. Yeah. And John Kelly has a photograph there of, it says, Kilfenor's Bill Lynch takes shelter from a shower in a laneway off Parnell Street. Now look at that man. I thought first of all that it was Eddie Linehan, the yeah, story. Yeah. Yes. But he's a character. You could look at that and stare, you know, and say, well, think of several hundred words. If yeah. you could imagine what that man's career is like. What he's, uh, you know, and John Kelly, of course, has an eye for a good photograph. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Uh, and John never switches off. No, that's Even the other John Kelly. No. Yeah, when he's walking through the street oh, yeah, of Venice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just yeah. has an eye for that. Yeah. Great to see. And there's another lovely picture here of the, the school teachers in Tulla and they're celebrating the Hearty Cup uh, dinner, yeah. dinner in the front of the Echo. Yes, indeed. Yeah, my, my neighbour there um, um, is, is there um, Rita Forrestal. 
Okay. Anyway, we'll go on. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we chatted about an incident in Cusick Park when a player had to lay on the ground for a long, long time before an ambulance could come. And uh, there was a past, there was a, not quite a repeat, but uh, there were certain aspects to it, which was, you know, the shortage of medical personnel. Yeah, yeah. Um, on page two of the, of the Echo. On page two. Two, yeah. Um, Parik McMahon is there again. An ambulance was required to choose a for the second week in a row, promoting calls for a standby presence to be in operation at the county grounds, right, Parik McMahon. St. Brecon's supporter suffered a stroke on Saturday evening while watching his side take on in his time in the Clare Fina Football Championship. A chair was provided by the county board while he waited 35 minutes for an ambulance to reach Cusick Clare. The Clare understands that no first aid response was on duty and instead with the assistance of a medic with one of the competing teams was called on after the, after the match. So, you know, what do you think, Pat? Yeah, I, I, you'd imagine there should be somebody uh, from at the games, John, you know, uh, at least uh, some medical person. But this is the second week in a row that we, we've is, had yeah. in the media. Yeah. We had the question yeah, of yeah. Mm. Uh, non-attendance of medical. Isn't that right, Tom? Yes, yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, you know, and any on safety grounds, apart from the risk of an injury on the pitch, this is an injury or a, a, a supporter who needed medical attention. And you'd imagine that any sizable gathering should have first aid facilities on hand forever about having an ambulance definitely but, but Tom there, there may be even a wider question here of the legal obligation yes that's on safety grounds yes. of the of the event in this yes. case it's the GAA it's yeah. leaving itself wide open, open. Yeah. isn't it absolutely mm. absolutely yeah. so it's it's a new cost Jim that enters into the scene yeah. that, especially at the, the bigger matches yeah. Um, yeah. But, and of course, you know, if we're talking about a legal obligation, where does it stop? Yeah. You know, because if you have a junior B game between, you know, Bodike and Whitegate yes. uh, in Scarif, mm. you know, must one have every game? Because there's no reason an injury can happen in those games as well. That's very true. Par uh, well, a full Cusick Park can take, what, is it 18,000 people? Something like that. Yeah. that yeah. But you'd imagine if there's gatherings of over, you could yes. say 1,000 people, that there's mm. an obligation on them to... And they know these big matches are going to attack several thousand Especially people. Especially if it was a big, a big, a big, a big game. Or yeah. a big mm. We're yeah. reaching the climax of the championship yeah. now. Yeah. And there's... Yeah, and there should be, I, I suppose, uh, it's often overlooked why you mightn't have a, a stretcher available. And, 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 and you know, clubs should... Should um, should have a stretcher and should have first aid uh, there uh, yeah. at every count. Yeah. Not necessarily an ambulance, but first aid yeah, was, uh, um, yeah. people should be on, on hand, on mm, site. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll go on to something we haven't discussed. Oh, it must be at least two weeks since we <laughs> talked about Shannon, Shannon Airport. Yeah. But uh, there's, uh, I suppose, a few items to do with Shannon uh, this week in, in the paper. One is that it's uh, a marketing um, drive which is being um, put forward. I'm just yeah. trying to find the, the page number it's, it's on. It's page six, six of the page Echo. Six of the Echo. Echo. So it's a, it's a gateway to the wild Atlantic Way, which of course it is. Um, that's the first thing. I suppose, Tom, have you any ideas page about... Six, yeah. Well, it's great to see... Look, Shannon, 
can handle an awful lot more passengers than what are going through it at the minute. And is the ideal for local people, it's an ideal airport to go into. You have no issue with it. You can park within 100 yards of the front door, you know, and you can <laughs> be in and nearly sitting in your plane within 20 minutes of going through that front Easy. door, you yes. know, which is not saying that you should leave it that tight, but the comfort of that by comparison with what went on in Dublin Airport this summer, you know, is for anybody that's traveling. Would that have, do you think, have any lasting uh, impact on the potential uh, flyers, if you like? Well, a lot of people I know in this area, if they're thinking of going abroad on holidays, they'll look to see what's available from Shannon. And first. Shannon have been responding to that, haven't they? Were, they've yeah. been circulating. Yes. Uh, brochures, have, yeah. Shannon mm. out, Shannon That nice out. yellow suitcase, you know, the high-vis yeah, one. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're advertising. Yeah, yeah. was on, 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 I'd say, on the... I think it was some magazine I see, I was on the radio, and she said that there's, it's, it's, it's very noticeable now that there's an awful lot of people from, from uh, in Linster counties, we'll say, right to Kilkenny and Leash and Offaly and all along, and even Wexford and places like that, coming up, uh, going, going out from Shannon. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't they? Right, yeah. I'm um, looking here as well, the, um, today, as we, we record this on a Thursday evening, but uh, earlier today there was a press conference in Shannon and they announced uh, two new routes, one to Bézier in the south of France and the other to Newcastle okay. in the north of England. England yeah. uh, so twice weekly to Bézier, three times a week to Newcastle. So I'm just looking here, it says um, I'm quoting Owen Curry, who is the travel writer. Ryanair now has 180 flights a week, uh, which is 60% up on 2019. And 24 out of the 29 of Shannon's summer routes are Ryanair. And 19 out of the 23 winter routes are Ryanair. So... They're back in Shannon in a big way. They're the dominant I, player there. Oh, they the are. Short haul flights. Yeah. Actually, they're, they're going to be highlighting Shannon Heritage and when I see in Kettle Folk, the Folk Park and Craigan Owen, as we have been talking about here. And sheep dog demonstrations up in Cahill Connell Fort in the Cam, uh, in the, uh, up in Cam, in the Dale Manor. I don't see anything about, uh, there's nothing about East Clare, and that's not anything. Do you know what? The, right beside the article on Shannon Airport, to be a terrible pity, not to, to make reference to it. Uh, there's a photograph on it, you can see it there on, on page, um, what on page four? Page six. Yeah. Aerobics makes you fat. Now, what about that? Low calorie diets don't work. Don't do either until you read this. As we age, we lose 30% of our muscle, but not only do we lose the muscle from the body, but we're actually losing it from our vital organs. <laughs> this means that we age, that as we age, our liver, our kidneys, and even our brain are wasting away. And this can lead to cardiovascular problems, poorly function organs, and reduced hormone secretion. So there's an article, and there's the, uh, the evidence of it at the end. Would you agree that it is a fair reflection of what most young ladies... That photo was catching your eye, John, is it? <laughs> well, uh, uh, yes, indeed. Uh, uh, I was looking for the evidence of, you know, emerging from the article. Yeah. Well, there's another advertorial, it's called, on page 18 of the Clare Echo, yeah. and it just says, age is just a number. Well, what do you think of that, Jim? Oh, I fully, I fully, more, the, the older I get, the more I... Uh, <laughs> you agree with The yes. more you're looking at that, yes. I think yeah. Okay, Pat, Aer Lingus as well um, kind of announced today that... Uh, even though they don't, no longer are obliged to have 
certain routes out of Shannon, but they're going to keep them. Uh, online, yeah, online is the story here on page three. Uh, our links to keep Shannon services would not add to them. Uh, the obligation on our link is to serve Shannon Heathrow expired last week, but on Wednesday the airline representative said that the link to says the link is set to continue in, into the future. In its representatives before the Rockford Joint Committee on Transport and, and Communications on Wednesday, and they also said they plan to continue with the Boston and New York services from Shannon, but don't plan to look at other destinations in the US. Following a question from Claire TD, Carl Crow, Erlinga's Chief Corporate Affairs Officer, Donald Moriarty, said, Shannon Heathrow is doing very well and will continue. Yeah, they, they, they were cross-examined, really, uh, at the at um, the Joint Directors Committee. Uh, they were asked various things about bringing back the Erlinga's uh, um, um, crew back to Shannon, but that's not going ahead either. So. They just seem to be working on, on what they have at the present time. But it's, it's, it's disappointing that they're not looking at new routes. I mean, you think at any business they'd be looking at new routes out of Shannon, out of Dublin, yeah, out of yeah. wherever. Yeah. Um, and mm. they're not. Mm. And they, they say they're not. I see Deputy Joe Carey was asked them about the, they were supposed to be having a new service to Barcelona and and Paris before, um, before COVID, but that's, that, that, that was taken off from COVID and that's not, not going ahead, hmm. according to uh, the uh, Lingus um, yeah. spokesman. Okay. So Listen, it's disappointing that they, 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 they haven't uh, put back, if, maybe brought back a few more services to, to the airport, but maybe they will in the future. Okay, hmm. one or two things before the break. Uh, and the Ennis housing scheme. Again, I'm looking at page 10, John, in the Clare record, and it says, housing scheme is too big. Um, and we need all the houses we can get. We need all the houses we can get, yes. but I suppose it's, it's how we place them as well, how many we put together. And, and the support services that's here. Yeah. How many houses are they talking about there? Is it uh, just, when was, uh, 125? 289. 289. 289. If you had 289 families, you'd need definitely need a new primary school for it, wouldn't you? Would. You? you would. And if not a new secondary school and whatever else, plus all the social um, activities. So one would hope that a development of that size would plan early on mm. to include all of those well, facilities. Well, you'd need, you'd need a, maybe several playgrounds. Yeah. You'd need uh, community facilities. Yes. All of that. There's a big spin-off for a development of that size. There is. A, a, yeah. a big spin-off necessary oh, to yeah. ensure the success of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah, the Front of the Clare champion as well, uh, Jessica Quinn, has uh, councillors united in fears over Ennis housing scheme. Yeah, yeah. So you, you still have you have, uh, you have uh, um, a similar one there in Tulla, uh, Jim. Councillors yeah, challenge yeah. over Tulla estate plan potential impact on environment and wildlife ways by local authority. So the, those people have actually those sixty houses one in Tulla there. I think we discussed it there in recent weeks as well. Yeah. Yes, that's and, page um, eight in the clear champion. Yeah, the champion. So I, I suppose look at these things usually get started uh, when they go back in again. They they get six months to to re, yeah, to re, re, re I, submit I, their their plans and, 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 and they usually Yeah, but we're asking we're asking that the plans would be sensitive to the reality that we need space, green spaces in our towns. Yes, yeah. And filling every you know, square foot is not exactly the best because we'll, inherit, we'll be creating problems as we did before, do you yeah. know, before. Mm. 
I mean, I wonder, where does the sociologist come in to the examination of uh, plans, applications mm. for? Mm? That was the problem in the... Very good question, John. You know, yeah. They didn't come in. No. They, they came in, the psychiatrist came in frequently Frank afterwards. Did, afterwards. You know? And of course, mm. if I'm a builder, there's no money in providing those services. No, no. Yeah. And the no. thing is, a sociologist being involved in that is going to cost everyone a bit more money. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, well... I mean, but I'm just wondering, John, yeah. uh, I mean, it's a kind of a bugbear of mine, but we have pretty much banned one-off housing in rural areas. Yeah. So we're forcing everyone to go into towns, into towns and cities. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's, and that's what developers will do, squeeze as many in as they can. And are we going to uh, live with that? Or are we, as a democratic uh, you know, society, going to say and ask, listen, bear in mind, there's more to building a house than, in fact, bricks and mortar. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, well, if you are living in a rural area or living in a semi-rural area. Yeah. I mean, you've got space. Yes. You're not on top of everybody else. Yes. You know, and there's, there's that, the, the children will say in various families have hopefully more facilities. There's more open spaces anywhere yeah. they can. It's know. serious. It's, it's really a very, very serious it question. Is. And it's most, when, you, when you look at it, if, if you look into it, when, when you move out, when, when, when you look at it, I uh, will say, of having maybe those houses out in, 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 in the countryside or in villages and towns. There's facilities there, nearly, you know, all, all parishes now have great facilities for maybe hurling and football and soccer and handball and all rugby. that kind of stuff. Rugby. Music. So when you, when you move out, when people move out into places like that, they, they, you know, they, they, they'll, 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 they'll get brought into the, the mm. local community and the children and so Whereas if we build an estate in Ennis, I would put 300 houses in it. They're out in their own kind of, in a, you know, unless somebody goes in there and, 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 and promotes, the, promotes mm. the, the social aspect of it and getting yeah. it in. Following, following on that, I mean, take Beckman Cooter, okay? There are 500 people working in Beckman Cooter in a mar marvellous environment. Is, yeah, yeah. Mm. And one wonders, will the expansion in Tala Will it impact positively, or be impacted on positively, by the presence of Beckman Cooter? In other words, can we break the models that have been hived onto us over the last fifty years? That industry must be in one, two, three, four points. Do you know, mm. justify the location of so and so, that kind of crap. Do you know, Beckman Cooter and places like that have given you given us evidence that in fact it's possible to have different models. But the recent experience, John, is that everything is going to Dublin. That's right. Do you know? Or into uh, the towns. Okay, are we, I think we're nearly at half time. We are, we're past half time. Pat, um, do you have a bit of music for us to sit and relax to during the break? I have to, um, Loretta Lynn, she died during the past week, she was age 90. That's right. So we have... The coal miner's daughter, I suppose, she was well, she was well known for it. She was, and the, the movie as well, of the, the coal yeah. miner's daughter yeah. with, mm. who was it, Sissy Spacek. Yeah. Okay, Loretta Lynn, the coal miner's daughter. Holler 
Welcome back. You're listening to Local Media this week on Scariff Bay Community Radio. And that was the late, great Loretta Lynn, Pat's choice there, with the coal miner's daughter. Let's hope you enjoyed it. Now, Pat O'Brien, I see you're looking at a piece there, uh, which it's on page it's nine, nine of the Clare Champion. Champion yeah. Motorists uh, warned as love-struck deer are set to uh, hit the road. So, mm. I mean, I'm thinking of... Um, Love struck. I mean, you're back yourself on this to Inverna, Pat. <laughs> yourself and David after. Uh, yeah, after our, our day up there, yeah. Yes. Very enjoyable. And that program, by the way, will be on right after this. Oh, very At good. four o'clock uh, today, Sunday. And are there comparisons between Mr. Inverna and the deer? I, I would imagine so. Maybe there's a few up, up that way. Maybe they'll come back to his chair. <laughs> Pat, Pat, the, the photograph there of the, the stag. It's a red deer stag. It reminds me of the poet's description of the said stag. Lovely. Colourful. Lovely alliteration there. Yes. Okay. And there's something animatic about, about the words, even though. And isn't there? 
but don't go too near into the running. I was close. I was, I was telling you earlier that, yeah. that uh, coming down from Kilnina many, many years ago, Kafarok Buchuk Banach took off across the road and cleared my, my bonnet of my car. That was the nearest thing to a, yeah. you know, a, a, a negative ending. What do they say, Pat? Have they advice yeah, for motorists? Just, uh, it says here, a warning has been issued to motorists, particularly those in East Clare, as the deer breeding season gets underway. The Irish Deer Commission has linked the behaviour of stags at this time to gladiators entering the an arena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a good description. Roads, uh, roads close to the forested areas in the Kilominisville district can be especially dangerous and the area is regarded as one of Clare's deer hotspots. With that in mind, the Irish Commission is appealing to motorists and other users to be careful. Tensions are rising as the rushing of deer breeding season gets underway, the time of the year when male deer is driven by urge to reproduce. A statement from the Commission said, from late September until early November, the clash of antlers will be held as males show off their virility and potential needs. And like gladiators entering an arena, they parade around showing off their armory of antlers. <laughs> Do you know what, Pat? You know, as you, as you read that, I'm reminded of what you told us about the Easter Sunday with the opening <laughs> of the dance hall in Kilkishan. <laughs> and the way, yeah, having been, uh, you know, starving and abstinent uh, during Lent. Oh, this, uh, you know, they so pour into it. It's an alchemy, uh, yeah, yeah. A rutting season of a different type, isn't uh, it? Yes. <laughs> but, but I would say, you know, it's, it's the same thing that drives them all, I suppose, for the, all species, the, the hormones, you know. Yes. But could you imagine with the deer, if you threw in a, f a few pints of beer and other stimulants into the mix, how they behave, you know? <laughs> Anyway, the deer has his eyes on the prize. Yes. If you get in the way, he won't even know, see yeah. you. But actually, where I live now at night, go out at night or even early in the morning and just listen and you yeah. can hear them. You yeah. know, first of all, you think those kind of cows that were roaring, but no, they're, it's yeah. the deer. As a yeah. vet, did you ever actually do work on a deer? A wild one. Um, or any kind of one? I came across an injured deer one night that I had dispatched, you know. That you had to dispatch? Yeah, well, I did it, you know, because I had yeah. stuff in the car at the time, you know. Mm, yeah. yeah. He was badly injured, he was unconscious. I said I couldn't leave him there in misery, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, other than that, no. <laughs> no. Mm. I'm yeah, going to tell you a story about reindeer, but that's for not this time of year. <laughs> reindeer? Yeah, as it. Coming up to Christmas. Remind me of Christmas, you know. <laughs> okay. If you'll have me back. <laughs> yeah, the reason I'm around is clear because I actually I was up for a walk up the back of my place there. There's a, an old walk up down there at the back of the house, up, and uh, I see 14 of them there, no, uh, there a while back. Recently? Yeah, yeah, recently, yeah. They are very plentiful. He was a satisfied old buck, the, wasn't he? The dog, the dog, my dog anyway, went off. He had a great chase after him, but he didn't go and get near him. He had great fun following him around the place. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking at, um, just to move on to something else here, it's on page 37 of the Care Echo and page 8 of the Care Champion. And that's uh, Rosie Foley. And uh, Rosie Foley, um, married to a Scarif man, um, sister of the late Anthony. But uh, Rosie has been having enormous uh, challenges or facing enormous challenges herself uh, in relation to marathon swimming. Um, I think three big swimming Swim, feats, yeah. mm -hmm. Tom. She has, uh, the, the reason one is, where is it, did I see it there, is it in, in, in New York, she swam across, the, is it the Hudson Bay? 
Um, or, or around Manhattan. Manhattan, yes. yes. That's right, yeah, I don't know the geography. Yeah, the Manhattan Island Marathon Swim. A 45.9 kilometre swim. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that takes physical strength, mental strength, everything, you know. Yeah, she's done another one recently for charities. Well, the Catalina Channel between Santa Catalina Island and Southern California mainland in the United States. And she, yeah, just touched two point three kilometers. And she, she, she done the channel as well. She touched three point five kilometers. That's right. A few so years ago. She's a, uh, and it's all for charity. She's raising that money yeah, for, yeah. for um, um, C A R I, the 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 one for the the sudden death. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so well done, well to done Rosie. To mm -hmm. The. Wind farm, we, we've often talked, we'll have talked about energy maybe a bit earlier, but uh, the wind farm in East Clare has got planning permission last weekend. And um, so will we see windmills looking down at us from my well, lost direction? Yeah, well, unless somebody takes objections any further, you know, or is prepared to spend money and take them to the High Court, that's uh, an They went straight to onboard Planola, which helps to maybe fast track it a small bit, but I'm still told that from the initial plans to the time the wind farm is, or any wind farm is functioning, you're talking about leading in about 10 years, you know? Yes. And we do need electricity. And we need more and more. I mean, this week, we, you know, yes. the, yeah. the, the head of Airgrid came in to radio this week and he said um, that he couldn't guarantee that there'd be no power cuts. No, I suppose he couldn't guarantee that anyway, but, yeah, yeah. you know. There are warnings are there, you know, that so we do need it and, uh, if we get enough of wind, it's clean. You, by the way, were you aware of the the uh, sponsors for that particular uh, wind farm? Who they are? Quencher, is that Quencher? Quencher, yeah. yeah. Future Energy. And they've uh, promised as well, um, if the application is success was successful, they, they'd fund local sports clubs. I hadn't, we didn't mention that in passing, we didn't, that Quencher, which is a semi-state body anyway. No, you know? well, we, in, during the lockdown, John, you and I and David interviewed a representative from Quilcher yeah. who went, no, it was on the phone, yes. I think. Oh, that's phone, right. And he went through a lot of those kind of things and he did mention that yeah. Yeah. there would be a dividend for local communities. Well, and that's Pat, part of the planning um, decisions. And Pat, Pat was telling us off air that uh, someplace over in, in Mid Clare has been benefiting well. well uh, I, what I, was that about? was one of the members of the Kilmele GA Club, I know, I know I'm well. He's manager on side in Langans and Innistair, and I'd be friendly with him, but he was telling me that they had benefited every year from, from the one over in, in Connolly, over, uh, over in um, West Clare. So community kind of organisations would yeah. be the... You apply place. for the money and, you know, you're supposed to you, you get whatever, whatever. Mm. If you're doing some maybe development or something like that. Yeah, you know. yeah. But I wonder, is there any way to, to fast track the planning system? I mean, the planning system seems in total, to, in total, yes. in total. I mean, it's it's what two years since it went in. Is not what you said between the lodging the planning and getting a decision. I mean, like that. I, I consider that that time span is, is excessive. Oh, very much. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I everybody should get their the chance to, to make an objection or to make an observation or whatever, there, there's no need to stretch it out over years. Yes, no. Mm. I think months would easily 
Yeah, just, sure. You see, you see Bob and Gary Bryan, what's happening? We, we have 17 and Gary Bryan and we have to shake them down. Yes. I think we have, we've talked about it in the last two or three weeks. Is there, a, is there a particular kind of mindset part of the Irish psyche? That some guy, up, our, our, our girl up there in, in Dublin, um, they don't see the urgency that drives so much that uh, what happens in rural Ireland down the country. You know what I'm getting at? But I'd say, John, they have, they have all these rules and regulations and time has to go through and all that kind of stuff. I'd say there's, you know, there's probably the fellow sitting in the office might have to have a look at the book and have a, and see where uh, the time scale uh, and all this kind of stuff. I'd say there's, there's a certain amount of you know, the, 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 we say when when it is applied for, and you have to have um, you have to have we say a certain amount of time for objections, and you have time for all that kind of stuff. Is there a, is is there a space for the observation that uh, there comes a time when you have to kick ass and drive through some of yes. these applications? Yes. Do you know? I think so. In times of let's say, you know, we are facing a War energy yeah. difficulties, yeah. and yeah. we do need it, and you know. If, mm. And is our population is expanding, our industry is expanding, and they all need electricity. So if we have to maintain that, it has to come from somewhere. It has. But know. I mean, I think you need to to shorten the time span. Agreed. You know, Agreed. One yes. way or the other. Yes. Yeah. That, that you, and that might mean, you know, giving more resources to Borg Planola, to more personnel to go through things. But I'd say you give them a time, mm. and that's it. And the result has to be out in a certain yes. time. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So why don't we do that, Tom, or Jim? I don't know. I don't know. It would be the sensible thing to... I'm just looking at a piece by Gordon Deegan uh, in breakingnews.ie and it, you know, it mentions it's given the green light to Quilter for contentious plans for large-scale 19-turbine wind farms. So it would be a fairly extensive um, operation yeah. Yeah. in East Clare that will have the capacity to power 66,500 homes annually. That's a lot. That's more homes. That's what's in Clare at the minute. It is. It is. Yeah. More. So it'll it'll be a big um, mm. it'll be a big operation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's conditions there. Just I was just looking at there, Jim, before we move. But further conditions were stipulated. The overall tip height of each turbine shall be 169 meters. A qualified ecologist must be appointed to ensure the best practice in protecting flora and fauna. A bore specialist must be also retained. Water levels must be monitored. Noise levels and shadow flicker and interference with electronic telecommunications signals must be controlled and Irish Aviation Authority must be fully briefed. So that's all the, the conditions that you have there. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, okay, yeah. we'll go from the generation of electricity to the use of electricity. And uh, there's a piece in... Uh, where is it? In, in the Clare Champion, I think. Yeah. About uh, page nine of the Clare Champion. And a call for electric vehicle chargers in East Clare. Yeah, that's... Um, we're going to be at that. How many times have we mentioned that particular need? Well, I think at the moment is zero the number of electric vehicles chargers we have in East Clare. Yeah. So I suppose anything would be an improvement in that. Okay. But now... How about Tomás at the end of the table there, and Luke? I mean, both of them have electric cars, yeah? Yes. And uh, are you experiencing difficulties? With no. 
And principally because I have a charger at home. How did you get that? Well, I had to inst- pay for it, install it myself, you know. And that's with, it's reasonably fast when it gives 11 units per hour and I am the kilowatt units. And I have the, my battery, full size of the battery is 77 um, kilowatt hours. So I could charge it from zero to full in seven hours, you know, but I never let it go down full. But, you know, there's nothing in the East Clare. The, apart from Ennis, you've got to go to Six Mile Bridge and the charger in Six Mile Bridge is one of the older ESB ones. And I think it only runs at about maybe 22 kilowatt uh, units per hour, which means that you'd have to be sitting there for an hour to get anything reasonable out of it, you know. Really? The bigger ones, um, the Bird Hill has a number all right, you know, but that's in Tipperary. And the one I often cite when going to Dublin now, Junction 14, has eight super fast chargers installed by the ESB that became operation earlier this year. What would that mean, be super it, fast? They can charge up to 150 units per hour. And what am I talking about if I'm listening to you out in the... In At the home, valleys? I have 11 units per hour. But if you plug into a, what they call a granny charger, which is a, any three-point plug, You'll only get, uh, Luke would confirm it, is it about two units, two to three units per hour, you know, which is very, very slow, you know. Mm-hmm. That's fine if you can afford to plug in your car and leave it for 12 to 18 hours that you're not using it, you know. But if you're driving a distance, yeah. some days, uh, if I do a bit of traveling at work, uh, like today now, I would have traveled over 200 kilometers, you know, yeah. getting to work and uh, around work, you know, and yeah. it'll be the same tomorrow. So. Uh, I need a fairly fast charger. And mind you, the but cheapest charging is at home on the night race. Yeah. But it is useful to, if you're going a long distance. And there are a number of good apps available that you can plan. Um, as, as I said, Port Hill has them. Uh, there's a couple in Limerick. But Limerick City isn't that well served either by fast chargers. Tom, Tom, supposing that you, you actually mistime yourself and you actually uh, are caught on the motorway run out of uh, power. What, yeah. do you, what happens then? <laughs> I think you'll be phoning the AA or... <laughs> what will they do? Like, what can they do? It's Probably not like they can't bring They can't bring it out, they can to you, you know. <laughs> to, to can they can to you to a charging point. Yeah, that's it. Is there anything at all that can be um, Reserve? Expected? Well, just watch it, I suppose, really, but I don't know. Be careful. Look, have you ever run flat? No. Neither do I, and I've never come close to it. But I suppose we're here in East Clare, we're trying to promote tourism, we're trying to promote slow tourism, we're trying to get people to come to Broadford, O'Callaghan's Mills, Mount Shannon, Killaloo, and stay for a week, stay around. Yeah, yeah. Go on walks, go on cycles, etc. Yeah. And uh, they find they run out of, run low on their battery after two or three days. Where do they go? They have to go to Burt Hill or... Yeah. Go to Limerick or go to Ennis or whatever. It's an embarrassment, isn't it? Actually, in that article, there's a consular Pat Burke outlined an experience he had when a first cousin of his visited from the UK with an electric car. And he said, he asked me jokingly if we had a charging point in Whitegate. Well, his cousin actually used my charger for <laughs> two hours one morning, you know, just after arriving, just to... Yes. Uh, <laughs> so he was lucky he, he could have been caught. He could. He 20 could. miles yeah. away. That's, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll go on for that. Anyway. EV is the future of electric cars, right? Price Look. would want to come down, though, <laughs> of electric vehicles. Why, why are they so dear? I suppose everything is dear when it comes out first, you know, until you get mad. Battery storage is expensive I, just at the minute. I think those, those chargers are something like 5,000 to, to install another. 50. 50? Yeah. The big chargers. 50? Yeah. What? 
50,000 for the ones in the garages. Okay, that's maybe why there aren't too many in East yeah, Clare. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll go on. Blind tennis. I'm looking at uh, the page, what is it, on the Care Champion, uh, page 13, the East Clare page. And uh, there's a, a lady there with a tennis racket yeah. uh, in Killaloo. And uh, I say it's just, I think it's amazing, the idea of blind tennis um, for people who are, you know, who have huge sight problems. Yeah. Um, don't know, I've never seen it now. I don't know how it doesn't know. I do not know how it works. But uh, this she's woman, anyway, from Ogunlo, Siobhan Kelly. Yeah. Um, she's impaired. She may have some uh, yes. degree of the article. Uh, may be telling us that she has some little bit of sight. But she's also interested in uh, pushing for the inclusion of this in, in the Paralympics. And that's, that's you know, interesting. Because, yes. you see, you could be sitting at home by the fire, reading your paper and your books and what have you, or you could be out doing what she is doing. And it's an extraordinary example of what resilience it is. can lead to, isn't it? Well, look, you're hands up, salute woman, that, and lots of people that have, uh, let's say, disabilities and the efforts that are prepared to overcome them and all that, yeah. you know, so just, I just salute them, admire them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So fair to us, we, yeah. We're moving towards the end. We don't want to uh, finish without congratulating the Loch Rainey Heritage Group. Uh, John, they received 10,000 euro. Now that's on page. Um, oh, we find it, this, it's on page 16 of the Clare Echo. Of, of the Clare Echo? Yes. But, uh, I mean, a marvellous group up there. I know that uh, Carol and uh, Geraldine, you know, have been animated the last few days, sending us texts and um, links to uh, that piece of news. So I, I reckon they must have, they've been up there a few times in Flagmont doing uh, Saturday Chronicle. You're looking at their town. Yeah. It's and it's from the National Lottery Funding. Yes. It is, yeah. but the actual, the actual um, project itself is is a fascinating one to re-establish what we have taken away in with our progressive society to re-establish and you notice that more and more um tom dicks and harry's like like myself uh, have become and are widening my interest in having wildness manifest in the garden because there's so much beauty possible it's not right tom yeah it started with no more May, but I think no more what? A, yes. No more May, but there's a long one to May. So that's what makes it fascinating. Hmm. So well done to Loch Rainey. Fair just to them. Fair just to them. Yeah. Absolutely. And just yeah. on the next page, Jim, stop using the title as has been. It's oh just Lord. A, as well. Yes. What's that? It's, it's, it's for, uh, I tell you, promoting that uh, when all this stuff goes into the... Into what the are the three P's that the... Uh, uh, those are wipes and all that stuff and yeah. sanitary stuff. And they're, and they're appearing out on the beaches. And it, it ends up, it, it, it ends up in the, out in the ocean. Mm. Yeah. And I no, think that promoting... Three P's. Well, <laughs> the three P's is uh, P, poo and paper. Yes, okay. That's Have I time to tell the story about the little cartoon that I have uh, seen, I often quoted at work, you know, the toddler sitting on the potty 
and the caption underneath is, the job's not finished until the paperwork is done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, we've, well come, we've come to the end of our show uh, today, local media this week here on Scariff Bay Community Radio. Uh, my thanks to John S. Welcome, um, Jim. First of all, for, for um, your contribution. And to you, Pat. Thanks, Jim. And to our uh, very uh, famous farmer, Tom, oh. as off the bench today. Do you think uh, when I get a place on the team? <laughs> You're going the right way about it. So, Tom Henley, many thanks. My pleasure to, you. to be here with you. Thanks to uh, everybody for listening today. And, uh, Pat, we'll have a little bit of music, maybe. We had Loretta, Rin, Loretta we had Lynn uh, at half time. What did we play out on? We're going to go out now on a very lively one tonight, Jim. Um, Chubby Checker, he was here, he won on one less, so we'll have, let's twist again. Oh, oh God. That, that brings back memories, John S. Kelly. It sure does. Let's twist again. Where did that reach in the global charts? I don't know, John. I, I don't know. Number one. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Mm. So, Chubby Checker, let's twist again. Thank you for listening. See you next Saturday afternoon. Don't forget, coming up after this is uh, Pat and David's trip to uh, Listoon. Please, please stay tuned for that. And sorry, in an hour's time at four o'clock. Uh, many thanks. Goodbye and God bless.